0: Tree huggers. Welcome back. We bring to you today Dr. Laura Wonderly of O'Rourke and Wonderly Dental. She's going to be talking to us today about phrenectomies. Um, she's going to give us a lot of great information regarding what it looks like at her office. Um, the procedure itself, all the burning questions you may have since you were referred for that procedure, which is likely why you're listening to this. Dr. Wonderly has some fantastic training specific to what we're going to be talking about today. She's actually a baby ambassador through the Breathe Institute, which is in LA. That's where she received all of her specialty training uh, for frenectomy. So we're very lucky to have her in West Michigan because that is um, a really highly regarded training. So we're lucky to have Dr. Wonderly, which is why we refer to her so often. Um, and so, Dr. Wonderly, do you want to say anything before we get started? Any general statement about phrenectomies or your training?
1: No, I'm just excited to have a collaboration with you guys. It's just been so wonderful, you know, bridging that gap. And I just really hope that we can get the message out there and why this procedure is so important.
0: Right. And I think that um, that's that's a really important point is that it is being talked about more and maybe mm-hmm. i know from my perspective and from terry's perspective mm-hmm. from the therapy world we're looking at breathing and really setting up um mm-hmm. development and oral development and making sure that we don't have too many things happening in the mouth to impede that and so that's why we're seeing more of it and asking for more referrals mm-hmm. what are you seeing why is the increase happening for you
1: well, we see everybody from day-old babies and above. And so we see it in all different aspects. You know, we see it between breastfeeding and also dental development, getting that tongue up to the roof of their mouth. And so their palates can expand and their airway expands along with that. So, you know, that's where we really see it in our space.
0: Okay. Now, would you say that you're a unique dental office because you address these things so early? Absolutely.
1: We, you know take a look at babies from when they first come in the office, like mom comes in, you know, with another child, we talk about breastfeeding and that kid. And then in our office, we also do the orthotropics, which is an early expansion, you know, starting as young as three, trying to get those development where it needs to be for airway and dental facial development.
0: Okay, great. So from our office, when you receive a referral, normally um, when we send kids over, what we see is challenges with feeding, speech, breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, We see some kind of interruption in their oral development. And so one of our speech or OTs may see this and say, oh, okay, you need to go over to Dr. O'Rourke and Wonderly's. So what does that that process look like when they first come to you in terms of like when they first come in, is it a consultation? Would you ever do it same day? That kind of thing. So talk about appointment number Mm -hmm. one
1: appointment number one well firstly um it begins before your appointment because we do send out age-appropriate questionnaires that will go over any health issues medications symptoms whether it be nursing speech tissue mobility etc and then at your actual appointment you know you'll be brought back to our consult room where we will discuss your child's concerns after that i will take a look in um, several areas of the mouth to check for any restrictions And the areas that I'm looking for is in the upper and lower lips the tongue the buckle surfaces which are your cheeks and when assessing if that procedure needs to be done or not I look at the location of the ties and how restricted they are and I do that by moving around the tissues the cheeks the tongue and check for any blanching of the tissue which will indicate will indicate tightness and then from that information I will classify you know the tether tissues and determine if a release is needed or not. And typically it is done on the same day, especially if you're coming from us from another referral such as yourselves to family tree therapies. We feel that most parents appreciate you know having the convenience of having the consult and procedure done on that same day. Of course, that is really flexible if you just want to have the consult. Not a problem at all. We just want to make sure whatever's easiest and most comfortable for everybody.
0: Right. because I'm sure you have a lot of people travel to you, given that you mm-hmm. guys are such a specialty office. Yes. Um, great. So tell us then. OK, so let's say you've decided, yes, it's necessary. And yes, we're mm-hmm. going to do it today. What's the next step?
1: The next step would be is just talking about, um, you know, the procedure itself after a care in the procedure itself. is actually really super quick. Um, Once we have your child back in the room and situated and numbed up appropriately, the procedure itself is less than five minutes. In our office, we do use a CO2 laser, which ultimately that means that it evaporates the tissue as opposed to tearing or cutting, and that allows us to have a shorter procedure time and also a quicker healing time for the kid. And the other thing I'd just like to add about the procedure is that we don't allow parents back in the room and we just have that um, protocol for the safety of the child and the parents.
0: Okay. And you mentioned that when you get them appropriately numbed up. So what is does what the numbing procedure look like?
1: Yes. Um, so. For infants, we just use a special um, numbing jelly that we will, you know, swab over the tissue areas, and we also use a swaddle for them to help them stay contained and comfortable during the procedure. You know, for kids, you know, above the infant age and above, we do use that numbing jelly and a little local anesthetic, um, and also we offer nitrous oxide in our office, which is the laughing gas for kids three and up with the parents' permission which the nitrous oxide is just a breathable gas that helps the patient to relax. And it is flushed out of their system after five minutes of breathing oxygen. So it's just some, some another tool that we help, have to help them relax. And so also, Procedure in our room. We have um, a TV with headphones. And so usually the kids are watching a YouTube video or a clip that they enjoy. And we have a weighted blanket to kind of help them, you know, yeah. relax and stay comfortable as well. So I we really do focus on the comfort of the patients before, during, and after the procedure because they do get a big prize from my prize box <laughs> afterwards, too.
0: I feel like you've thought all of these things through. That's, That's We awesome. have tweaked and tweaked and kind of.
1: You know, in our consult room where the parents will be waiting, we also have, you know, coffee and waters and little snacks too. And and optional music if you'd like to listen to something while you wait.
0: Yeah. Well, I really appreciate how much um, you think about the kids and their stress level and how yeah, this is such a different kind of procedure that not mm-hmm. a lot of people have a lot of information about. Do you, yeah. when having the parents wait in another room, have you found that's best just because of that feeling of anxiety for the kid and the parent?
1: Yes, we have tried different ways. We've had parents in the room. We've had parents chop off their kids and then leave. But we find that if we're the ones who walk the kids, my assistants and I walk the kids down to the room, get them situated and just explain what's going on and not having the parents present that it really does work out really well. And also with parents in the room, sometimes You know, they don't um, respond well to the procedure and, you know, they may faint or it's just a different kind of vibe in the room. And so, you know, we really try, we really think about the comfort of the kid and we do things, you know, with that in mind.
0: Uh, When the child comes, is there ever a time that you would say, you know, I don't think it's necessary, but let's continue with therapy and revisit it? Or is it if it gets referred, is it usually a yes? Or when would you say, no, let's not do it. Let's wait and see. Absolutely. You know, not
1: every case, you know, is a straight, you know, yes, let's do it. You know, I just take the time to review their symptoms and what I'm seeing in the mouth and how that kind of correlates. And, um, you know, sometimes ties are hidden such as the posterior tongue ties, you know, we just have ways for checking for them. But if I'm seeing good mobility location, of the ties, you know, then, you know, a lot of times therapy can, you know, getting that tongue strengthened, learning the correct oral postures can override that for sure.
0: Good. So, okay. So let's say the procedure is finished and you said it takes yes. about five minutes. The child is mm-hmm. comfortable. Uh-huh. Um, what's the, what's the next step? The parent comes in and you would demonstrate to them wound care, I'm assuming.
1: Um, we actually walk the kid back to the consult room and then we do um, show the parents the sites that we have done. And then I do demonstrate a stretch. I demonstrate stretches on the parents so they know what it feels like. And also on the child after the procedure is done. And so that way the parents know what it looks like, what to expect and kind of where to put their placement because wound care consists of doing a stretching exercise. And you'll be doing this exercise about four times a day for up to two weeks. And it's very important because if we don't do these exercises, what's gonna happen is things are gonna heal too quickly and things are gonna reattach in the mouth, which defeats the purpose of um, the release and then they may need a revision. And so we really want to alleviate that. And we do give tips and everything we have, what I'm saying today, we do have it written down on packets that parents do get typically beforehand and also at the appointment. Cause we do recommend using things like coconut oil or even like an oral gel to apply on those sites while they're doing those stretches. Okay. And then
0: yeah. make it a little easier. Okay. and mm-hmm. I was going to ask about pain. So would you say it's a very painful procedure? Like, how would you rate it? What do you think most kids think?
1: Um, You know, most kids, when we, because we do a two-week follow-up and we do ask them, you know, how was it? You know, how was the stretches? How was the procedure? And typically the procedure itself is not painful. The most painful part would be the pinchy part, which is the anesthetic part Mm -hmm. of getting that tissue numb. And that's usually what they remember the most. Um, and you know, each child, each infant kind of varies, but it seems like after the second day, they really turn a corner and, um, they feel much better. Most kids do go back to school the following day as well. if there
2: is
0: Good, good. And I know that some of the clients that have come to us have been when they've had the littler ones, like the babies, they've been really happy because they said you allowed them to nurse there. Yes. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Mm-hmm. So when we do have an infant, we do encourage breastfeeding afterwards or bottle feeding, whatever, um, maybe their issues. Cause you know, a lot of times it's a reflux or short feeding times. And so it's just a way to get the baby to kind of, you know, soothe itself, have some bonding time with mom again, and, um, seeing if there is, you know, trying to get that baby to learn its new tongue and lips and, you know, giving it an opportunity to kind of
0: you know, explore it. Yeah. So cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so then would you, do you normally, I mean, if they come from us, obviously they're coming back Mm -hmm. to us for therapy, but if it's a family that hasn't had therapy or isn't hooked up with speech and OT or myofunctional, do you recommend that post that procedure?
1: I do. I love having therapy before and after the procedure. And that's because there's a lot of muscle memory and, you know, you know, posture that isn't, correct and so you have to kind of retrain your muscles and everything and if we can do therapy beforehand it kind of gets that kid a head start so once the frenectomy happens they're often running on how they already know how to place their tongue where to do it how to do you know it just kind of you know marries together and makes it more successful because releasing the restrictions is only one piece of that puzzle and so we have to have therapy before and after to really, you know, get the most success out of it.
2: Sure. I'm so, so glad to hear you mention <laughs> the pre-therapy because that's yeah. a huge component that we emphasize to the families as well with regard to the tissue mobility and getting used to things in the mouth and the range and, and all of that. So that's yes. great.
1: yeah, yeah, you know, and that's something that, you know, as I've progressed in this kind of niche specialty is that the use of pre-therapy has made such a huge difference. And like I said, you can release, I can release tissue, but you know, that's just such a small part of it. You know, you got to know how to use it and having right. it beforehand really right. helps.
0: Right. Do you do it on adults as well? Yes. Okay. Yep.
1: We do it on <laughs> all oh. ranges. Okay. <laughs>
0: So what would be, what about if a parent came and you gave them this information and then you thought it was necessary, but they were a little uncomfortable, what would be the contraindications to not getting it done? What would be the challenge?
1: You know, I just, we go back to the education. We talk about not getting it done. You know, they could have, you know, difficulties moving forward, whether it be speech, dental development, airway issues, things like that. Um, Of course, it's just about educating them what we see and what we've, you know, have witnessed ourselves with doing this treatment.
2: Great. Okay. Um, Would you say that this is a procedure that if someone has dental insurance is typically covered by their dental insurance or no? You know, actually,
1: recently we're finding that some dental insurances are covering it. Um it's a relatively new thing. Every insurance is different. Um, We are more than happy to put it towards, you know, their insurance. And even for the babies and things like that, we also do bill medical insurance as well. In our, yes, in our office, we do have the parents, you know, pay up front, but we do everything we can to either bill medical insurance or dental insurance to get them reimbursed for the procedure. That's
0: awesome. And I can speak to that as Dr. Wonderley's patient and my kids go there too of how wonderful they are, <laughs> how many options they have and how they try to provide the care no matter what your financial, you know, we don't have dental insurance and they have some plans there and you know, they really do try to yes. work with people to get them what they need. So yeah, thanks Stacey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything I didn't ask that I should that maybe you know that parents ask you something I'm forgetting? You
1: know, um I, a lot of parents do ask me about why all of a sudden is this, you know, being diagnosed? Why didn't my pediatrician recognize this or a previous dentist? And, you know, and I would just like to say that, you know, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, neglectful or anything like that. It's just something that hasn't been, you know, in my training, especially like in dental school, it just hasn't been talked about. It's not something that was focused on or even really mentioned. It was kind of like, oh, here's these ties, you know, moving back onto the teeth. And so you really have to, you know, I ended up going down the airway kind of rabbit hole, which led me to here. And then, you know, you just really have to, as a practitioner, if that's something that interests you which it does interest me you know you have to find the training yourself and you know and it's not for everybody and not everybody is looking for it and so it's not right or wrong on any kind of level so you know we just get that a lot about parents are like well you know why all of a sudden are we here
0: sure mm-hmm. and i i agree i think terry and i can speak to that a little too just that i you know, 10 years ago, if it wasn't affecting their speech production and their feeding skills, according to my trained eye, I wouldn't have necessarily jumped on it as a, as an evaluation. But now that I'm seeing how it affects overall airway development um, and oral development and the problems down the road with airway and sleep disordered breathing, it became much more obvious to me. So I think we're headed in a great direction, Mm -hmm. research is needed. And we're so lucky to have you as a resource in town because you're so highly Mm -hmm. trained. Thank you. Yes. And we're so lucky to have you guys as well doing,
1: recognizing this and, you know, doing therapies towards correcting it. And so it's just a great collaboration. We're so, so fortunate.
2: We feel the same way. You want to add anything, Terry? or you feel pretty good? Nope. I feel pretty good. The one thing I would add from the OT perspective of us as OT is paying attention to some tethered oral tissues and potentially the need for the phynectomies the relates to regulation. You know, so often kiddos come for sensory issues and dysregulation and the link between the sleep disordered breathing and the open mouth posture and how the a link towards the dysregulation. And again, it's not commonplace. So even from the OT side of things, we're looking at it differently now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll link some articles, that wonderful parents article that
0: you have in your waiting room. And we sent to almost everybody the on sleep disorder, breathing, and I'll link that. And if you have anything you'd like to share, uh, Dr. Wonderly, we can link it underneath this podcast, any kind of reference or resource for parents or checklist or something. So they know if a referral is necessary. If you want to send that to me, I will put it together for our families.
1: Perfect. Thank you.
0: Wonderful. So I think we're good. Do you have anything you want to add?
1: Um, no, I just, I think this was great. You know, it is just getting kids yeah. breathing through their nose, their lips together and their tongues to their roof of their mouth, you know. Yeah. And the only other thing I'm recognizing now is that my name is missing a W. So... <laughs>
0: i'm reading underneath my name <laughs> i saw it pop up i'll make sure i edit it so it looks it's not okay <laughs> you know so wonder not under so <laughs> yeah we'll clarify all of that well yeah, we thank yeah. you so much for your time dr wonderly we really thank
1: you for having me yes, yes absolutely <laughs> and i'm
0: sure our parents will love hearing about this and we'll make them feel really good that they get to see your face and see some of our basic uh so yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And if they do have other questions or concerns, they can always reach out to our office. You know, our staff is always more than willing to send them emails or talk them on the phone. And you know, we're 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 here for everybody to get comfortable. So
0: yeah, we appreciate that yeah. so much. Thank All you. Right. Well, thank, thank you guys, you. and yes. see you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.